If you're looking for a new way to support SideMission, check out W.GG, an energy supplement company trying to make a difference. Make sure to use code SIDEMISSION for 15% off your order. Thank you, Dubby, for sponsoring this episode, and we hope you enjoy. Welcome in to the newest episode of Side Mission. I, like always, am your host, Rusty Ellis, joined by the boys, Kyle and Matt. And today, we're reviewing episode two of Twisted Metal. And we, we really enjoy it, I think, for the most part, fellas. Episode one did a really good job of kind of laying the groundwork. There were definitely some things that could have been better, I think we all agreed on. There were some yeah. things to talk about, such as Anthony Mackie and, you know, just seeing this kind of a role from him compared to the MCU. But... I think we can all agree. I think that episode two does a good job of moving things forward. There's a lot more action. I think the humor's a lot better in this episode as a whole. And I think there's a lot of things that work really, really well in this episode moving forward in the season. You two have obviously already watched all the way to the end. Um, I've not, so... Uh, guilty well, also on episode eight. <laughs> for you for jumping that far ahead. Um, <laughs> but the most important thing, or the big thing that really jumps out, big... Literally so. Uh, we get to finally meet Sweet Tooth. And I say finally like we're not in episode two and we're in like episode nine. But uh, we get to meet Sweet Tooth finally, portrayed by Samoa Joe, voiced by Will Arnett. And we just got done talking about it, guys. Kyle, we'll start with you and then Matt, I'll get your opinion on it after he's done. Uh, really, really good job by the production team for it to not feel disjointed at all that one person is portraying Sweet Tooth and another is voicing. Kyle, I thought that was really well done. And Will Arnett kills it as Sweet Tooth. Yeah, I gotta say, uh, when I first saw that Will Arnett was gonna be Sweet Tooth, I was a little skeptical because he doesn't really have the body for him. But then I, you know, we obviously saw later on uh, when the first uh, teaser for it came out, it clearly was not Will Arnett who was portraying him, and it came out that it was Samoa Joe. And then I was even more skeptical because I was like, okay, so this is going to be two different people. It's, you know, I can't think of a lot of situations where that's been done very well. Um, but they they managed to pull it off. Like you said, it doesn't feel disjointed. Um, they absolutely are editing Will Arnett's voice to make it a little bit deeper. But that's okay. I think that doing that makes it fit. Because Will Arnett has a very distinct voice, and if they had just come in here you know, having him sound like Lego Batman, uh, I wouldn't have been able to picture anybody but him. But because, you know, it's a lot deeper, it, yeah. you know, when I see Sweet Tooth, I hear that voice coming out, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I feel like it's actually him talking, you know, it, it the voice matches the body. Um, and also, they, they did a good job of, uh, you know, giving him the full look from, you know, the Twisted Metal games. Obviously, we got to see... Uh, the big shootout scene when uh, John Doe and Quiet are in the car, you know, and he pulls up next to them and he goes, you coming to my show? And then he just starts shooting at them and they have this big old <laughs> gun battle uh, that ends with them uh, crashing through what looked like the front of a casino. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that whole right scene was that. that whole scene was well choreographed. I, I, I really like the car battles in this show. Yeah, they did a fantastic job with Sweet Tooth as somebody who has been kind of an off and on again fan of the franchise. Sweet Tooth got nailed perfectly. Like the mannerisms, the voice of him, it's just like everything that I pictured him to be, especially considering that the games don't really have like full blown cutscenes. 
So just seeing them, how they pretty perfectly nailed what I imagine Sweet Tooth to be like in a live action adaptation. Um, it was very comical. And one thing that they absolutely note that I loved was the fact that, you know, they're cartographers, the, the guys, the people who make the maps. I think I said that right. Uh, you know, they, they, they tried to make the maps to avoid Las Vegas specifically because, you know, that is Sweet Tooth's domain. This is the guy that everybody's so afraid of, you know, that, you know, they completely avoid Las Vegas. But he, he shows it, though. Like, you know, he's just so, what's the word? Like, he's just such a, he's so psychopathic. Menacing. Yeah, exactly. Just, Menacing's I mean, a great word, yeah. For a clown, for a clown. Yeah, exactly. Because a lot of people have fear of clowns. So, yeah, like, and just, like the shootout that he did with uh, John Doe, that was so clever, like, done. And I think... What I loved most about it is just was so random is when he pushed him up against the uh, the slot machine or whatever, he just starts freaking singing the thong song. I was like, bro, excuse me? And then John Doe starts singing along with him. He's like, <laughs> he's just so surprised. And it's just, it stops him from killing him. I was like, okay, so apparently just know a song like from <laughs> the thong song. That was just so out of, out of nowhere, but it fits the world. It fits the characters so well. And in most places, I would probably just like cringe from it, but it was just done so comically accurate. And, and I just loved what they did. Yeah, I think that the thong song, I first of all noted that if I want to survive a deadly clown attack in the apocalypse, <laughs> learn the thong song and have that memorized. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I thought that was funny. I thought that the whole the whole show thing was funny as hell that, you know, he's, oh, nobody's lived through this show. I've never let anybody leave. And he asks, you know, John Doe after the first part of it what he thinks. And it, pretty much it turns out that he doesn't like that people just lie and say they like it. Yeah. yeah. So they can leave. <laughs> he wants honesty. And when Quiet just says, it's fucking terrible. <laughs> that was the first line. It's fucking yeah, it's, it's stupid. Like, it's again. I love Stephanie Beatrice in episode one, and I think that she's going to grow on me more and more as the show wears on. I think she, I think she's hysterical in Brooklyn Nine Nine, um, and I think that she fits this character really, really well. Uh, I, some of her lines have I think unintentionally almost been funny, and the line that she ends the episode on is. Uh, even funnier, what is it? I'll fucking eat my ass or what, whatever she is. She yells at the deputy. It's it's hysterical. And I think that, you know, whereas John Doe kind of carried the first episode, I think there are comedical moments with her. Like, even just the simple act when you see that she's been captured by Sweet Tooth, the simple act of her flashing the car keys up, the look on her face, <laughs> no words need to be said for that moment to be funny. Yeah. Because John Doe's reaction kind of says it all. So, Kyle, you said you had something to add as well. Yeah, so uh, originally for people who, you know, played the Twisted Metal games, um, I know that the truck that Sweet Tooth drives, that's actually Sweet Tooth. Because Sweet Tooth, uh, in the games, his his name is Needles. Um, mm -hmm. and, and you find out why later. Um, but if you if you pay attention next to his bed is his uh insane asylum you know like jacket that he wore yes. and it has m kane on the back it shows his so he he it, they didn't just mess it up and you know 
take the most popular character and, you know, they just gave him the wrong... I think that they know what they're doing because when I saw that, I was like, okay, because he obviously calls himself Sweet Tooth. I'm guessing he has some sort of amnesia or he, you know, decided that he didn't want to go by needles in this because, you know, his name is obviously, you know... You'll, you'll learn it later, but it's obviously M. Kane. Um, but it's it's interesting yeah. that he decided to go by Sweet Tooth in this because in the games it was always you know the truck was Sweet Tooth and he was Needles. Um, yeah. They also did a really good job, um, you know, paying attention to small details because I don't think this is really known by a lot of people, but the paper bag is canon. <laughs> Harold. It, that's what actually the hell is that? <laughs> dude it's just a paper bag and it <laughs> whatever it, it, it has in it whatever he needs at the time you'll see later it's dude it, <laughs> it's bizarre it's very bizarre it's wild <laughs> so but that's it, that's from the games that was actually if you read some of his bios it says that his best friend is a paper bag i and i it just has whatever he needs that's yeah, crazy like, dude it's you know it's it's the little attention to detail in this that I think I really enjoy, uh, you know, especially with this being a video game adaptation, we're going to critique it harsh if they are, you know, just coming in and giving it the Walking Dead treatment where they just completely, you know, rip the source material out and put in whatever they want to put in. I'm glad to see that there are a lot of nods saying that, you know, we didn't forget about this or, you know, this is, you know, being portrayed in... in you know, a good light, but yeah, I, I gotta say Sweet Tooth really steals the show um, in this I, episode I and going forward. Of, uh, I was a fan of how he called John Doe weird for his his love <laughs> being a car. Yeah! I thought that was, that, that was one where I had to pause the episode and I had to laugh a little bit at that. I, I will say, whereas the first episode didn't really win me over as somebody from the outside, I think the second episode does a great job of, of doing that exact thing. It does a really good job of, of being a little more entertaining, leaning in a little more to the comedy. There's the action early on that really, really works. Yeah. But the comedy, ultimately, I feel like is what sells this episode, is what makes this episode good. Now, we don't see a ton of Thomas Hayden Church in this episode. We don't see just a ton of him. He's only in it for a couple scenes. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like his stuff is still super interesting, especially looking at how they train and initiate new recruits. Yeah. I, I, I felt like that part was really interesting to watch, watching them give these two guys sniper rifles. Yeah, Mike and Stu. Yeah, Mike and Stu giving them uh, sniper rifles and essentially telling them to watch. I can't remember the exact terminology they watched because, forgive me, I did a workout in between this and uh, my brain is fried. Uh, but having them watch essentially a truck of goods and sniping anyone that touches it. Yeah. And I think that's the interesting because I believe it was Stu that, you know, Mike had no problem from what I remember shooting the yeah. people that were trying to loot it. But Stu, for some reason, was very hesitant and I was interested that there was no real repercussions for that, or at least none that we've seen yet. At least none that I've seen yet. I mean, you guys are probably making those 
big ass faces of oh he doesn't know <laughs> does he know, <laughs> does he know? <laughs> that's what they're that's what y'all are doing right now because y'all have probably seen something in episode five mark this down if i'm right uh, <laughs> episode five that happens that's like some that like oh that's this moment come full circle but i really found it interesting that that was really all we got was just kind of the initiation of those two um, and nothing else. I still think that it does a good job of showing how menacing Thomas Hayden Church could be. And Kyle, you said that a lot about him in episode one. Yeah. So like, it still does a good job of showing how menacing he can be, even if he's not in it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. When, you know, they, I think they called them seagulls were the people mm -hmm. that came by. Survivors. Yeah. Survivors were called seagulls. Yeah. Because originally, you know, they were <laughs> like, yeah. they took them out there and they said, we're going to be doing, you know, we're going to be, we're going to be watching for uh, seagulls. And, you know, obviously Stu from the beginning had a weird feeling about it. Cause you saw he was like sweating. He was like, you know, I, I don't know. I just don't feel good about this, man. And then it turns out that seagulls was just another term for survivors. Um, but yeah, it, it also, I thought, you know, did a good job of it showing another faction, the Butchers without oh, yeah. having an entire yeah. episode about them because like just that first the first you know like what five minutes was what had them in it where we first meet mike and Stu, where they're about to be eaten because they they were guards for the butchers but then they ended up falling asleep on the job and so we're introduced to them getting you know um uh marinated in you know sauces and stuff and they're joking about <laughs> it dude that was that was some dark humor that was that you oh, know yeah. That dark humor that, you know, the the series is known for. But it was cool that they introduced, you know, the Butchers without making a whole episode of it. It's just like, hey, these guys are out there because I, I feel like we'll end up seeing them again later on. Or, or, you know, maybe in later seasons. Because, you know, with, like we keep saying, the little details, they always matter. And I don't think that they would have had that big of a, um, a scene without it, you know, meaning something later on. Without there being a hint of like, okay, this will come back to roost. I think that right. you're right. I think there's no reason to introduce a faction like that. Um, looking at you, Last of Us Part 2. Uh, <laughs> love that game, but uh, my God, the Rattlers had no reason to be at the end of that game. Um, but I, I think that there's no reason to introduce a faction like that if you're not going to do something with them later on. I feel like we were shown them for a reason. Um, again, you two are probably sitting there going, does he know? Because you've seen the entirety <laughs> of the show at this point. Uh, but I, would, I am interested to see more, and especially because it does expand on the lore as well, that, you know, it's it's the apocalypse. There's not just two factions out there. There's going to be dozens. There's several different factions. There's de several different groups of people trying to survive. I feel like that's what a lot of apocalypse films, and especially games, a lot of them kind of get that wrong, is that, in an apocalypse, there's going to be several groups of people that try to survive. There's not just going to be two warring factions in an entire right. country that, that yeah. fight over resources. It's going to be a ton of small groups with maybe a couple bigger groups mixed in. So that's just, that's just you know, my think, take is I like that they're introducing more, and I hope that they build on that more. Because, again, I really yeah. like this episode. I think this episode's really, really good. Uh, Matt? The end of this episode, we leave off on another cliffhanger, and I'm not going to lie, oh, yeah. I, 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 I held off on it because I had some work stuff I had to do, and then I needed to work out. Um, the ending of this episode really had me wanting to click next episode immediately. Oh, yeah, no, they they did the perfect setup for a cliffhanger that gets you to want to watch the next episode, which I'm really glad 
that they decided to upload you know all the episodes because something that we forgot to mention was the fact that you know um quiet's brother was killed by yes. um yeah oh what, what, his name was uh um, agent stone agent stone yeah so you know they get to that checkpoint, and you know this oh, is bad worse. Guys too. Last names are Stone. I said it. <laughs> <laughs> they really are. They really are. And you know they're they hit that checkpoint. John Doe and uh, Quiet. You know after they leave Vegas, and Quiet sees you know Agent Stone, and you know she's like, no, no, it was uh, this is Agent where... Stone's right hand man. Our Agent Stone's right hand man, yeah, greasy yeah. dude. Exactly. Yeah, Shepherd. Oh, Agent Shepard, I think is his name. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she sees him immediately recognizes his face from, you know, where her and her brother got attacked by Agent Stone and his goons. And that immediately just, like, triggers it. This is, like, where her revenge story starts to begin, because this is going to go through a lot of the season. And this is also, in, in a way, uh, the next thing for uh, Stu and Mike to do is, you know, they're the ones going through this whole, you know, uh, situation. And then, but everything just turns really sour when she sees him and gets out to go after him. And, you know, John Doe, you know, he's like, do not ruin this mission for me. Like, you know what I mean? And he, he gets out and then it just turns into this big thing. And then, the, you know, they're just left off getting tased and they fall to the ground. And then that's that's it. Like, they did. They, they set it up to the point where it's like, you definitely want to know what's going to happen next. So going to the next episode, I told myself I'm not going to watch every episode one after the other. When I watched the first episode. I just kind of left it there for the next day. I want to watch like an episode the next day after that cliffhanger. I was like, okay, now they got me. Okay, now they got me. I want to see what happens because it was so sudden, especially going into, you know, the lair or one of them of Agent Stone, who we know is not good at this point. We've seen enough of him to know. And, you know, you just want to know what's going to happen to these, our main characters here. So they left it up and they, they did a great job. Yeah, I think that's a real strength of this show. I said it in our first episode review, which hopefully you've listened to at this point. Um, I said that I think the 30-minute format was absolutely the right way to go. And I think on top of that, I think especially with the first two episodes ending off on cliffhangers, them releasing all eight episodes at mm -hmm. once, or all the episodes right at once, I think was the right call. Because you're going to get a lot of people that binge it in one day, pretty much like Kyle did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're you're going to get a lot of people that do that, but it's also it's easy to binge because you're not talking about hour-long episodes. I loved The Last of Us on HBO. I thought it was fantastic from start to finish. I thought even my least favorite episodes were still 8 out of 10 episodes. And I think that the one thing I would have loved is for those episodes to have been available immediately. But the balancing of it was they're, you know, an hour long. Some of them are even longer than that. And it's hard to binge that. I think that this, this is a very bingeable show because the humor is very good. The action's good when they, when it's been there. And and it's the, the storyline, you start to see it developing a little bit more. So you got to give your hats off to the, to the production team and the creative behind it. The decision to go to 30-minute episodes was very smart. And I think that releasing all the episodes was even smart. Hopefully next week I'll find something else I can add to that to say about that as well. Again, y'all are sitting there for the third time. I'm going to strike out on this joke again. Y'all are sitting there going, does he know? Because y'all have <laughs> seen it so far. But I think that this episode has me feeling a lot more confident about this show than episode one did. And I like that. I like that I'm a little bit more intrigued and I want to watch the next episode. Whereas after episode one, I kind of said, okay, I watched it. I can review it. And I'll watch episode two when I get to it. Watching this one, as soon as we're done recording here, I'm probably going to go and try to watch the next two episodes. So I think that Twisted Metal episode two, we can all agree, 
really builds on the first episode in some good ways. I'm intrigued to see where it goes from here. You guys have already seen it, of course. But uh, I think that I think that I'm very intrigued again as an outsider to this franchise. I'm very intrigued by where this is going to go. So that is going to wrap up this episode of Side Mission. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Side Mission Pod. You can follow us on Facebook as well at Side Mission Podcast. For the boys, for Kyle, for Matt, I'm Rusty. Thanks for listening. Oh, my God.